Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Monday, the start of a new work week. Doug, oh. How you doing today? I'm doing okay. Just banging these microphones <laughs> in here, trying to get uh, set up. Doing good. I was uh, actually looking at uh, an article you sent to me earlier today, or maybe you sent it yesterday. I don't remember, but uh, it was it's about a lady over in Finland mm-hmm. who's being brought up on charges. She's actually, I, I guess they she's on trial. She's on trial right. already um, because. She tweeted a Bible verse or something like that, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. She is not only – she's a politician there. She's in there uh, – I mean, uh, first of all, you haven't heard anything on mainstream media about this. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that They're not saying anything. Uh, this is a politician over there, so this is somebody in the government who's on trial for posting a Bible tweet. I mean, that 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 doesn't make the news. Yeah, and, and I think we talked about her husband, who's also pay, facing persecution. I didn't realize that they were married, though. But, yeah, her husband is a pastor in the Lutheran Church. But, yeah, she's um, getting this because of a 2019 Bible tweet, a radio show in 2019, and a church pamphlet from way back in 2004. Yeah, so. and, and, and here's the thing. This is uh, a not – well, this is a, a member of parliament. It's their, a member of their parliament. Um. You know, uh, she is the mother. I mean, the the grandmother, the lady who's on trial. Um, her husband is a pastor of a Lutheran church, and he's also a, a member of parliament too. So you got two members of parliament, and they brought charges against her. And uh, the the reason is because um, she addressed the leadership of her church and questioned its sponsorship of an LGBT event back in 2019. And it had an image of a Bible text on there. And this is her crime. Ethnic agitation (laughs) under the section of war crimes and crimes against humanity. Wow. I mean, the, the, the prosecution argues that her views are discriminatory against minorities. And you go, that'll never happen here. Wrong. It, it is headed this way. She said, I'll continue to stand for what I believe and what I've written. I'll speak and write about these things because they are a matter of conviction, not only an opinion. I trust that we still live in a democracy and have our Constitution and international agreements that guarantee our freedom of speech and religion. She said, um, she says, I can't accept that voicing my beliefs could mean imprisonment. I don't consider myself guilty of threatening, slandering, or insulting anyone. My statements, and here's the key, are all based on Bible teaching on marriage and sexuality. I mean, that, you know, um, that's just crazy. We, 
We were at uh, Sunrise Community Church yesterday, and Al Moeller was there. And uh, Dr. Moeller up at um, the Southern uh, Seminary up in uh, Louisville. And uh, he was speaking about this very issue in our culture. And, you know, I asked him a question uh, about why the departure, you know, what's going on. And he basically alluded to the fact that the uh, egalitarian pressure, and by the way, egalitarian is is a view that basically that men and women are equal in roles, not just in value. There's no Bible um, teacher that believes in the literal interpretation of the Bible and in the context of the Bible, like where it's contextualized the way God intended it to be, that would doubt that men and women are equal in value. They are. Uh, that doesn't mean that people haven't abused that. It doesn't mean people have taught in error things. But men and women are equal in value, but they're not equal in their roles. And that's, you know, by design. God clearly states that in Scripture. It's not even ambivalent. It's it's very clear when Paul addresses it and he takes it back to Adam and Eve. But the pressure that has been put on people, and, you know, I use the word, in fact, we may use it this week, even and when we're looking at uh, things that we're talking about is um, it's, or oh, I think we used it last week, the, the whole idea of uh, pragmatic compromise, mm. an effort to be popular with the culture, to, to be sensitive to the culture. We've compromised God's standards. And so we've allowed that to come in so much. So now that he talks about it being a uh, cultural uh, protestation, like you know that, like the like the Protestant Reformation was a biblical reformation against heresy that was coming out of the Catholic Church at the time, and so he talked about how now we have this cultural protestation uh, reformation coming into all these churches, and you see it in all the liberal churches, where I guarantee you. If you go back and you look at the first churches that allowed women to serve as elders and mm-hmm. senior pastors, those churches were some of the first ones to allow homosexual, lesbian pastors and teachers as well. And by the way, even the way we're speaking now, if we were in Finland, I guess mm-hmm. we'd be in jail. Or, you know, if we were in Canada pretty soon, mm-hmm. the same thing. So, folks, it's coming here. The question is, what are you going to do? What stand are you going to make? You know, uh, Dr. Moeller said, the best thing we can do is to teach our kids, teach our grandkids the truths, drill it into them. And if you go back to Deuteronomy, that's what God wanted his people to do. When they say, why do we have to follow these laws in Deuteronomy 6? You say, because God Almighty led us out of Israel. He's the one that we serve. He is Almighty. He, you know, He's the one who gave us these laws. We keep them because he he looks over us and he's our father. He's our God. He's the one true living God. They wouldn't have said father. They they don't they didn't have a viewpoint of him like that. But we do because of Jesus. We know that he is the only one that we can really count on. Because our you take the greatest human as far as um, influence, power, money, 
whatever you may view somebody as having, like people would have looked at the president of the United States in the past and said that's the most powerful position in the world. I think that's been downgraded now. <laughs> if you look at it, it's uh, because, and you see words have consequences, and we see what's happening. Not only are, is Russia uh, infringing now and building up about to, it appears, go into Ukraine. China is taunting over in the Middle East on Taiwan again. Not Middle East, but over in Asia um, on Taiwan. I mean, they're not dumb. It's a two-pronged thing, and I promise you they're talking. China and China and Russia are talking because they both, you know, my if, if we have common enemies, you know, yeah. then uh, – then we can work together. And I think that's what they're doing because there's no coincidence about what happened in Taiwan. Oh yeah, I I agree. And I think that, uh, you know, when you show weakness like that, people are going to want to take advantage of it and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but yeah, I think we, I think we made a mistake, uh, kind of in how we treated Russia because they could have been an ally against China. I mean, Russia and China historically have not been no. close at all, and our actions have pushed them closer and closer together, and uh, well, they're going to get I, in the league with Iran. And, yeah, and I, I, really think that, uh, I really think that President Trump saw China as a greater threat. Yeah. He did not see Russia as a, as a real big threat to us. Russia did not have the ambition of coming in and overtaking our intellectual property and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. Russia wants that part of the world. Russia doesn't have the economy to really be able no. to stand up with us. But, yeah, China is a much bigger threat. But they uh, played the long game. You know, they read Sun Tzu, and uh, they did a good job of infiltrating, uh, you know, with money and, and like-mindedness, uh, a lot of our elites. And so uh, for a long time we – have ignored that threat yeah so uh, we're we're in a in a pickle right now really to be honest with you because um all people that are betters out there and gamblers are saying that biden's probably going to send in troops or probably going to mobilize troops which would be about par for the course you know if you look back throughout history a lot of times it is it is the democratic presidents who are like a Jimmy Carter or, who, mm. or who whatever, when these kind of things happen. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of comparisons between uh, Biden and Jimmy Carter, uh, and I think there's a number of reasons why that's fair. I mean, yeah, we, we got a lot of issues, and, you know, that's foreign, but here at home we have some issues too, and I, I know the economy took a – or the, the, the market took a hit uh, over the weekend mm-hmm. or just before the weekend or whatever it was, and, yeah, that that's disconcerting as well, so – uh, a lot of things uh, to be trusting God about, right? Well, and I don't know if you saw this. Russia's actually doing live-fire naval drills off the coast of Ireland. Are they really? Yep, they are. Yep. Uh, NATO's sending ships and fighters over there just to have a presence, but uh, Ireland's not that far. Ireland's not that far. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I did not. I, I didn't hear that. That's It'll be, it's going to get interesting, that is for sure. Yeah. All right, well, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the news. I'd like to let you know you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touch down in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos that is Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us the past, what, two or three weeks since we've been back from break, we have not been in Acts, but this week we are getting back into Acts and uh, looking forward to that. We're looking at Acts chapter 12. and right, Yeah, yeah 12, Acts right. 12. And uh, this, this is really marks the first time we're kind of back in um, – to this acts study because we've we've uh could took a break over christmas and then uh we did uh, the second john text so um yeah we're getting back into it so I'll, I'll start off with a little review just in case people are listening uh for you know the, they're just tuning in and they they missed it because you know the the most Im- well i would say one of the most important things if not the most important thing about when bible study in looking at any text is its context. And a lot of people get in trouble because they, they take stuff out of the context. So that's why we at SWAT radio, we, and SWAT Bible studies, we teach the Bible verse by verse, just like Ezra explained it, uh, in the old Testament, a verse by verse. So the people could understand it. And so we teach verse by verse. A lot of people don't like that. They say, you know, I want, you know, theme or, or whatever. There's topical, ways to preach but uh really verse by verse explains it in the context and we've we've been doing that now we've been in acts for over a year uh starting back with acts one but luke's purpose in writing acts is the second of two letters he wrote to a guy named theophilus the first one was uh the gospel of luke and acts of the apostles he writes kind of documenting how god began the work in jesus in his work on earth uh, but he continued it through the apostles and God's people. And so uh, we see even a shift takes place in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. It starts off as primarily them, but then it starts moving to a second-tier group and then on to others who continue the work. Uh, even his enemies of the gospel become 
people who God flips like the apostle Paul and he was a persecutor of Christians and he became a preacher of Jesus. And so the primary message throughout the book of Acts is that Jesus is the king and savior of the world. And uh, the theme of all preaching, when you see people preaching sermons, is that Jesus is the Messiah, the risen Christ. And so Luke's basically divided into six sections uh, in Acts. He divides Acts into six different sections. And each section kind of ends with this little phrase, the church multiplied, or the word increased, or the word multiplied. And so Acts 1 is really where he lays out the strategy in Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses, he tells the apostles, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So we kind of see a three-phase process, Jerusalem first, then Judea and Samaria, then the ends of the earth. And so it's Acts 2. uh, He tells them, wait till they're empowered on high from the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, we see that supernatural reveal uh, of the birth of the church where the Holy Spirit's poured out on people, not in a way that's temporary, but it stays in them permanently. And so the Holy Spirit comes into them, and uh, it so rocks the world of the people there. They think that the apostles are drunk. They think they're because they're speaking in tongues. They're speaking known languages. Remember, we talked about this. They're not speaking unknown gibberish. They're speaking known languages that they've never been trained in. And as they were uh, doing that, people were hearing God's great accomplishments in these foreign languages, something that would have been very new to them because the language of the Bible was Hebrew and Aramaic. And so that was they would have heard it in that language, not in all these pagan languages. That was a sign of judgment from the Old Testament. We talked about that. The other thing in Acts 2 that was significant was that 3,000 people were baptized at the, at the, you know, when they had repented and came into new life in Christ you go back to Exodus 32, uh, 3,000 people died when the law came. Moses received the law back in Exodus, and they, they got it involved in idolatry, and 3,000 people died. So it's no coincidence that Luke, when he's writing this, writes 3,000 people trusted Christ and were baptized in, uh, in Acts 2. Acts 3, God begins to authenticate his word about Messiah through his people, when Peter and John heal the guy, they're doing the same miracles Jesus did. People are seeing the power, the spirit, um, and the sovereignty of it because the guy didn't even ask for healing. He asked for money. And Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but stand up and walk. And so because it's his resources, it's never our resources. It's his power and authority, and it's for his glory. And so uh, he begins preaching, and uh, as he's uh, preaching, as he's preaching, um, he's revealing God's indictment of rejection against Israel, and they don't like it at all. And he, he lays out that uh, Jesus was the Holy One, the Righteous One. He was raised from the dead. You see that theme over and over. And then he invites them to repent. Um, but they get upset, and what they do is what they bring them before the authorities. They say, you got to stop doing this. We don't want you talking about him anymore. But they did not trust in themselves or their own power. They didn't fight back. They said, nope, we can only say what we've heard. We, can, we, we can't stop talking about him. So we see that in Acts 4. Acts 5, uh, chapter 5, we see the first sin in the church 
when uh, Ananias and Sapphira lie about money. People were trying to um, sell property to bring in funds to help those Hellenistic Jews who had come to the feast and trusted Christ. And they were there, and they wanted to be trained. They wanted to grow in discipleship because they didn't have churches back in their home countries. And so they came in, and then um, and and as people were doing that, this guy named uh, Ananias and his wife Sapphira ended up pretending to sell their property for more than they did so they could look holier than they were. For, didn't they for less than I mean, they no, did? No, no, no. Because they, they wanted they, to keep some for themselves? Well, right? yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They pretended they pretended to sell it for less. You're right. Thanks for that catch. Pretended it for sell it for less so it looked like they were giving more and they held back some for themselves. And, uh, and they died instantly for that because God was – Purity is an important part of his church. And so, and their great sin wasn't holding back the money. It wasn't a theft. It was, it was hypocrisy. And that was what the Pharisees did. And Jesus was strong against the hypocrisy. Jesus is not looking for you to be perfect. He wants you to be authentic and pure in the sense that you trust in him. And when you blow it, you come back to him. Um, but um, as a result of the growth of the church, it was exploding in growth. The Hellenistic widows were being overlooked, and so uh, they had a problem logistically. And so the apostles picked seven men because they were tasked by the Holy Spirit to do that, who were full of faith and sp- the Spirit. And uh, Stephen and Philip were two of those men, and uh, they began to um, not only distribute the, the, the food to the widows, but they were witnessing in the synagogues. Each Hellenistic group that came from outside of Jerusalem for the feast had their own little synagogues around town. And and so Stephen was going in there sharing about Christ. And as he went into these synagogues, uh, they were people were getting upset, and they brought false charges against him. He lays out a beautiful message in uh, Acts chapter 7 that Luke records for us that pretty much just lays out the history of Israel. And and it, it, it he's a bold witness during that time. He's biblical because he started with God's calling on Abraham and just went through Joseph and the patriarchs and, you know, all these people laid out the story of Israel. And uh, he honored Moses and he honored the law. He honored the temple. And why was that important? Because those were the false charges that he was dishonoring. So as he lays out the story of God and, and and ultimately pointing toward Jesus, he's defending against the charges themselves. You know, I think a lot of times, Taylor, when we uh, share the gospel with people, we start with Jesus in the New Testament instead of starting with God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for people to grasp Jesus and appreciate Jesus if they don't know how we got to Jesus. Because Jesus has always been here, but there was a unfolding. And if you go back and look at the way even Paul shared, most of the time when he's sharing with pagans, he starts with creation. He starts with God, the creator. And so Stephen did a beautiful job, but that didn't stop him. They still stoned him. He was the first martyr uh, after you know after Jesus was killed. And then uh, there was Saul was at uh, the the stoning of Stephen taking the coats, watching the coats, and endorsing him. And and we see uh, that uh, being the, the 
the catalytic event that began to launch persecution against the Christians. And Paul was the one who got authority from the high priest to go do that. And so the the believers scattered in Acts 8, and uh, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, and Philip goes to Samaria. So now we're moving into phase two, Judea and Samaria, where they're sharing the gospel. We see people coming to Christ there. Philip or Peter goes up and authenticates the believers there. There's a false convert named Simon the Magician who he calls out and, and exposes. But then there is a uh, another believer from another country, uh, the eunuch, who came. And it's, it's just a simple story of um, him reading the scriptures and Philip saying, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, no. So he starts right there, shares the message of Jesus. He goes, there's water. Can I be baptized? He says, sure. He baptizes them in. Then we go into uh, Acts chapter 9. And as we hit 9, it's the conversion of Saul. It's probably the greatest conversion in the Bible. Uh, taking God's chief enemy and flipping him, making him God's chief voice and preacher of the rest of the New Testament. Because you don't read that much about Peter, James, and John anymore, the apostles. It's pretty much Paul. And Paul becomes the ambassador to the Gentiles. And then we see in Acts 10 and 11, right before we broke for Christmas, the story of Cornelius, which is a Roman centurion, three times told in Acts 10 and 11. And Peter is the one that ends up leading Cornelius to Christ. And it's told three times for a reason, because he is the first non-circumcised believer in the church. And God is ushering in now the ends of the earth. And it's the transition. It's the bridge there going to all these uh, Gentiles throughout the world. And that's where we are uh, as we go into chapter 12. And chapter 12 is just a kind of an insight into the fact that when the church is moving, the enemies are going to move. And we're going to see an enemy of the gospel in Herod. And that's really what it's about in chapter 12 and how God handles his enemies. All right, so stick with us. We will, we will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio. That was Rescuer by Ren Collective. If you are just joining us, we are looking at uh, Acts chapter 12 this week. We started uh, talking, well, really we did a recap and now we're getting into uh, Acts chapter 12. We recapped everything that we've gone through in Acts up to this point and what has led us here. And now we're going to be talking about uh, how the enemy uh, responds to the gospel on the move. Yeah. uh, And really, you know, we're talking about Herod in Acts chapter 12 
And uh, we're going to look at Acts 12, 1 through 11 uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And y'all are going to do it Thursday. We're going to flip uh, our guest day this week. Jay Haig's going to be our guest this week from uh, Living with, Without Lust. And uh, he they got a conference coming up. So he's going to be our guest on Friday. And uh, uh, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we will look at uh, this idea in Acts 1 through, uh, or 12, 1 through 11, of God's power being uncontested. That's really the principle we're focused on this week. God calls us to trust that his power is uncontested. And uh, persecution of Christians, typically, Taylor, when we look at the world, we we see persecution in Africa and Russia and China, India, Nepal. Finland. Uh, yeah, Finland. <laughs> Finland. Now we can add Finland and maybe even Canada, Canada to the yeah. list. Um, but what I was going to say is hostility towards Christians in Canada and even in the U.S. is escalating. Um, we talked about how it's against the law really to preach biblical truth. There have been people already arrested in Canada for that. Um, you know, Pastor uh, James Coates was arrested in Canada for meeting despite COVID uh, lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that to say, you know, if you look throughout history, Satan has always tried to influence leaders and kings to fight against God's people, his purposes. And ultimately, he ends up fighting against God himself. I mean, it's just a never-ending battle. And um, even though we may see evil leaders sometimes get these temporary little victories that make us discouraged and we think, you know, it's it's hopeless for us, it's not. God and his word always ultimately rule. They do. Throughout time, whether it's Joseph Stalin, whether it's Herod, it doesn't matter. The people who are enemies with God ultimately uh, suffer a a terrible fate because they end up um, dying apart from him and being cast into eternal fire. And that's a terrible, terrible place. And, uh, you know, when we were uh, at church yesterday uh, listening to Dr. Moeller, he said, you know, when you look back on American history, cultural history here in the U.S., the attack on um, the Bible really uh, started off with the the progressive belief that hell wasn't real. There was no hell. Now, I know in recent years with Rob Bell, you know, and some others, they've kind of made that more trendy. But it's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, it was around prior to even being here in the States. That's all. It's been a a lie of the enemy, the same enemy who in the garden said, did God really say, trying to get Eve to doubt God's word. But when you don't believe in hell, when you believe that there's no eternal punishment, that's the beginning point, you know, of of you being able to say, well, it doesn't really matter what I do. I mean, there's no accountability in the fact that it doesn't matter because hell's not real. Well, if hell's not real, then Jesus is a liar, and the Bible's not true. So why believe any of it? So what I don't understand, people are not intellectually honest about a lot of things they say. They want to believe parts of the Bible, but not all of the Bible. They look at the Bible, and he made a statement yesterday. I'm going to bring my notes in. I forgot them today. I meant to bring them, but 
one of the things he said was that we have enjoyed a uh, a culture that was formed and based on Christian Judeo-Christian values. And what people are wanting to do now is kick away or tear away the roots and enjoy the flowers, but you can't enjoy the flowers because the flowers die when the roots are gone. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's been going on for a while. Well, it does. It has. I think now people are going even farther and wanting to... You know, not just tear out the roots, and but they want to get rid of the flower and go on to you know revert to paganism, uh, in essence. Well, that, yeah, they do, but but you know, it started with this whole idea back in the '50s, '60s that hell wasn't real, and then people started doubting the virgin birth and other things. And so, when you start taking things that the Bible speaks are true you eventually come to the point where people say, well, we all worship the same God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really? And yeah. that's and that's not true. Well, we don't <laughs> all worship the same God. Muslims don't worship the same God that uh, we worship. Jews don't worship the same God that we worship. No, they may know the God of the Bible, know about that God, but you cannot worship the God of the Bible if he's not God, the Father of Jesus Christ. I mean, even even when you look at a guy like Cornelius, who was a God worshiper, right? Lydia was a God worshiper. Uh, God brought people to them to bring the message of Jesus so that they would know. But the reason that the gospel moved on from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria is why? What was what 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 did they do? They killed Stephen, and they mm-hmm. said, okay, it's time to persecute these people. So the same people that were cheering Jesus, you know, a couple of years earlier, are now saying, okay, we don't want this. This is evil. And so it's so, okay, time to move on. We're going to Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And that's how we have the gospel here. That's how we have Christian hospitals. That's how we have Christian orphanages. That's why we have Christian art. It's why we have Christian books and Bibles and all these things that we take for granted. It started with a small group of men who really believed that God was who he said he was and he was going to do what he promised he would do. And Jesus was his son. And so once you deviate from Jesus being Messiah, the one true living God, and and you say, well, we all worship the same God. No, we don't. We don't worship the same God. Jesus himself said, you don't know my father. If you knew my father, you would accept me. You would have received me. And so the people, and he was talking to people that were schooled in the Old Testament. They, If you were to accuse them of not knowing God, well, they killed Jesus for that. Mm. That's what they killed him for. And so when you look back through the Bible, there's a list of, I mean, there's a long list of, the, what I call the, the evil influences of Satan in the world trying to hurt God's people. But God always ultimately prevails. That doesn't mean that his people don't get hurt in the process, but it means that it ultimately brings about glory to God. And just because you're hurt on earth doesn't mean that that hurt is forever. And there's no greater damnation than being condemned to hell. And so when I look at a guy like Cain and Abel, 
Cain was cursed. You know, you, you look at these Old Testament characters a lot of times and you you go, well, we you know, they were before Jesus. Well, everybody either ends up in the presence of God in heaven with him worshiping or they end up cursed away from him. And, uh, you know, when you look at Cain and Abel, God told Cain, he said, Cain, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. He warned him. He said, why are you angry? Why is your face falling? Fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So God in his mercy comes to Cain and says, hey, don't let this sin rule over you. The fact that you blew it is not the issue. It's what you do when you blow it and it's pointed out to you. And I think a lot of men don't get this. For a lot of guys, when we blow it, we tend to introspect and stay in. We don't talk to people about it. We condemn ourselves, beat ourselves up. And there's a form of self-pity that is there that's prideful because we don't open up to people. We try to hide like Adam and Eve tried to hide because mm-hmm. they were exposed. They didn't want to be exposed. And, um, you know, what ends up happening, though, is uh, God cursed Cain. I mean, yeah, he put a mark on him, but he said, you will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. You know, I mean, you're cur- you know, you are cursed from the ground. I mean, like, he, yeah. I mean, God told him he was cursed and he cast him out of his presence. And, um, you know, uh, and even even Cain acknowledged from your face, I'm hidden. I can't I can't come in front of you anymore. And so it said he Cain went away. Verse 16 of Genesis four from the presence of the Lord. He went away from the presence of the Lord. That's sad to me. But whether it's Cain and Abel or a few chapters later when Noah and the world, when you see Noah, 120 years Noah's preaching, all these people in the world, tools of the enemy, do you think they were happy with Noah preaching repentance? Mm. Do you think they were taunting him after 80, 90 years, maybe 60 years? He preached for 120 years. Yeah, Yeah. he was preaching for 120 years. They're going, it's never going to rain. This old kook's doing this. But Noah, God preserved. And thank God. You know, because Noah preserved us, but Abraham and Sodom and Abraham and the kings, you know, rescued Lot, evil people. God's people have always had the enemy attack them through others. Jacob and Esau, uh, Moses and Pharaoh. I could go on with all these different people. Balak, you remember when Balak wanted to curse Israel and he tried to hire a prophet to do it? And the prophet said, no, I can't. I can only speak what God allows me to speak. And that frustrated Balak so much so that God said, go. He always wondered why God told him to go. And then he sends an angel that's going to kill him. Why did he do that? Well, because when he went, God knows his heart. He was going to go because he wanted the money. Mm. He wanted the money from Balak is what he wanted. And so God, for the first time in history, allowed his donkey to talk. Mm -hmm. Probably don't don't know any other talking animals, but that time the animal told him, you need to stop. This angel's going to kill us. And so throughout history, and when we come back, there's some more examples we'll give as we look at this idea that we can trust God because his power is uncontested, whether it's Herod, 
or whatever you've got going on in your life, you can trust him. All right. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. broken sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touchdown in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos run it back that's give me your eyes by brandon heath welcome back to swat radio we are looking at acts chapter 12 Uh, verses 1 through 11 this week, and we are talking about the world's response to the movement of the church and the gospel. If you have any questions, would like to join the discussion, you can do that at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at swatradio.com. We still got a few more examples and stuff to go through for today. But if we have time, we would love to have you call in and let us know what you think. Yeah, I I just, as I'm going through these examples, these are just throughout history where we see God's people being persecuted. And the person at the root of all of it is Satan. He's at the root of every time there's a persecution against God's people. Um, You know, if you you go back and you, you look at Abraham and Sodom, you know, I mean, it's it's obvious how Satan was trying to attack him through his nephew. You know, his nephew Lot looked and it said he saw that the field was fertile. And the Jordan Valley was fertile, like Egypt, like the gardens of Egypt. Well, Egypt was always symbolic of sin. When You know, when you see Egypt, the, the children of Israel wanting to go back to Egypt, that was a bad thing because it was always symbolic of the world and sin. But even beyond um, Abraham, you got Moses and Joshua. When Moses led the children of Israel out, you know, after Moses dealt with Pharaoh, 31 different kings and leaders they went against. Some of them, they said, hey, let us pass. They wouldn't let them pass. And and they ended up having to, to fight people. The northern kings of Israel and the southern kings, the kings of Judah and Benjamin, um, the, the northern kings were all evil. Why? Because Satan got in their head. Satan put them there. They were not people that loved God. All the, Every northern king was an evil king. 
I mean, you stop and think about that for a second. You know, after after Solomon, you had Jeroboam that ruled up there, and uh, starting with Jeroboam, every king after him was an evil king influenced by Satan because Satan always wants to influence leaders. And so um, when Jeroboam was, Jeroboam was actually the servant of uh, King Solomon and who was anointed, you know, by the priest. The priest anointed him king before he knew he was going to be king. I mean, he didn't know what was going on. Uh, and he was made king of the northern kingdom. And all of a sudden, he started getting pretty puffed up about himself after he was in there. Well, and part of the reason, too, is Rehoboam, the king of the south, who was Solomon's son, who at the time before it split, uh, after his father died, was told, um, hey, the people are coming to you. They want to talk to you. What you know? What are you going to tell them? And he goes to the older men. The older men say, listen, tell them you want to serve them, you want to hear from them, and you want to be a good king. The younger men said, don't tell them that. You're powerful. You tell them how powerful you are. Tell them your dad ain't got nothing on you power-wise. That and, and he uses these examples, you know, from Scripture about his little finger has more than his dad's thigh, I think, or something. Oh, I uh, thought it was this. Well, he talks about yeah. my dad did this, but I'm going to be like a scorpion mm-hmm. stinger, you know. And so, but the bottom line is he dismissed the wisdom of the older men and went with the uh, the counsel of the younger men. It was terrible advice because what happens is the kingdom was split. Jeroboam was put in charge of the north as judgment and so you see god's judgment and in first kings fourteen seven, after uh, jeroboam was so boastful and and so arrogant about stuff he was going away from the lord because the lord told him even though he was uh, not supposed to be king as far as the world was concerned god had told him sorry god had told him that he was going to be king, and if he listened to him and obeyed him, obeyed his commands, God would bless him. But what did he do? He got arrogant and puffed up, started thinking it was his power that put him in charge. And so God said this to him in First Kings fourteen seven: Go tell Jeroboam, thus says the Lord. You don't ever want to hear that <laughs> if it's about you in a bad way. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader over my people, Israel. Um, that's huge. That's huge. Because, you know, we tend to look at our world and be very controlling. And we think, like when we see the world, listen, it's not dismissing that bad things happen. It's not dismissing that people... Uh, and circumstances are what God uses. But you have to look beyond the surface. Like a lot of people who don't like the current resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue say that he was put there because there were voting machines that were tampered with. He was put there because there was cheating in Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, Pennsylvania, and uh, Nevada, and Arizona. No. He was put there because God wanted him there for whatever reason. When God puts an evil man in charge, it's 
judgment. When he puts a good man in charge, it's blessing. And so uh, it's not the methods that get the man there. Ultimately, God allows whoever he wants to be on there. And quite frankly, when you look at where our country is right now and the all-out war, I mean, people, you have you actually have churches flying LGBTQ flags mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they shouldn't be called churches. I'm sorry, you, you can affirm people without affirming a movement. You can affirm people without affirming something that God detests. God detests anything that goes against his design, his will for people. And he created man and woman to procreate and, and fill the earth as part of his command to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. And so when a church puts a gay, uh, or I don't even want to say gay, when they put an LGBTQ flag in front of it, it's basically saying we're not a church of Jesus Christ anymore. We may be some kind of church, but we're not the church of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Paul is pretty explicit about, you know, the uh, effeminate, right, and the homosexual not inheriting the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much, you know, and then obviously that's that's the New Testament. Yeah, but people dismiss Paul, Taylor. Yeah, that's true. They say he's crazy. They say, you know, I don't listen to what Paul says. I don't even believe those what he writes there now, there's a lot of people who don't like paul not only that but also his uh, uh what he says about women um you know i i don't permit a woman to teach uh in front of men right i mean well i told you but that's what led to i mean once you start going away from one part of scripture you're just opening uh you're opening a pandora's box for other parts of scripture to be minimized and, and done away with. And, yeah. And, and what, those people, they all say, well, you know, I, you know, I'm a red letter Christian or, you know, it's just the <laughs> gospels and, and this and that. And, you know, it, it'll be a matter of time before that falls away for them too. you know? Well, this week, as we look at acts chapter 12, you know, when we read the name Herod, the King, it, for us, it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning when these people who received when, when Theophilus received this and when, when he read it to people that he would have read it to heard about Herod, the King, they knew what Herod, the King did to James, the apostle, he beheaded him. And we're going to read about that. They knew how evil he was. They knew how power hungry he was. They knew he had the ear of the Roman uh, Caesar. And so Herod in that world was pretty powerful, probably second in that region only to Caesar, you know, uh, because because he had the favor of Caesar and Caesar appointed him as king. He probably even were was more powerful or at least on the same level as like a Pontius Pilate or whoever the the Roman governor of that area was. But as powerful as he is. The power that he has is nothing. It's nothing. God laughs at human leaders when they think they're powerful. And he calls us to trust that his power is uncontested. And that's what we're going to read about tomorrow as we uh, read the text and look at what Herod did, what he tried to do with Peter, and who ends up having the last laugh in the long run. I mean, like, when you really look at it, it's that way throughout history. 
all these people seem to have a temporary um, hold. They seem to have some kind of victory that would make people afraid. So for our sister over in Finland, we pray for her, lift her up, and pray that God would give her strength to stand firm like she's wanting to, uh, for her husband uh, to stand firm. Uh, When people try to change the Bible, they're bringing all the curses of the Bible down on themselves is what it says in in Revelation. You don't add to it. You don't Mm -hmm. take away from it. If the Bible speaks to an issue, that's the that's God's statement on it. And like you said, when he when he spoke through Paul, and he said these people will not inherit the kingdom. It, it, it's a laundry list, but his point there was that those people need Jesus. It's not that those people are beyond the help of Jesus. Yeah, because he says, "And such were some of you." That's right. Yeah. Uh, and but the church isn't isn't preaching that or you know some churches yes. aren't a lot of churches aren't and you know even churches that believe that have gotten you know for reasons of uh, relevancy quote unquote gotten maybe a little silent on the issue as well pragmatic compromise yeah. remember that word pragmatic mm-hmm. compromise well we're, we're going to come back tomorrow and actually read I do want to end with this text from Proverbs twenty one thirty no wisdom no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. He reigns supreme. Hmm. So. That's a good place to leave it. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, 3 o'clock, for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual